Hello and welcome to the Loose Forward podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Bobby. And I'm Bri. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. Good evening. Evening. Yes, well, once again, we are in David Fairclough territory, super sub. <laughs> Although Brian, Bri is an Evertonian, so maybe that's not gone down so well. But... <laughs> Callum, uh, uh, Callum has a family commitment tonight. He does. Um, so uh, we've uh, brought uh, Bry off the bench, haven't we? We have. So welcome, Bry, for uh, an, another uh, another uh, appearance off the bench in a in a in a in a Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook type of way. I, I feel like it's you know, you know. Last time you said you wouldn't send me on when you're going to be four one and say so make a name for yourself. Yeah. I feel like it's a, like a pre-season friendly and I'm only getting played so I'm in the shop window for <laughs> the managers. Well, it'd be a free transfer, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to pay you. <laughs> so You'd have to pay them even. That's right. So what have we had on this week, Bobby? In Callum's absence, anything or nothing? You're going to say nothing, aren't you? There's not really been a lot on. I mean, You're joking, aren't you? I, da- tennis... Dan Evans won the title in Washington. I stayed up all Sunday night, including when the rain delay was off. Dan Evans is my favourite player and he won in Washington. Did you actually? Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, well done. Then. He gave me COVID once, do you remember? Didn't you give him COVID? No, it was the other way around. Are you sure? Yeah, definitely oh, give okay. me and Callum COVID. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there you go. Um, also, in other news, um, do you want to tell us about your trip to the gym this afternoon? Not particularly. You're a bit tired, weren't you? What happened? Oh, I, just, I just went into the steam room for a relax and I nearly fell asleep. My, my watch had to wake me up. <laughs> He's lost three stone in the steam room this afternoon, <laughs> haven't you? I wish. Talking Can you do of, that? Uh, well, I don't know, but talking of which, did you see it was also the World Student Games this week? Was we, might, we might as well get this out of the way, Brian, might we? Was it really? Yeah, yeah do it now. Do, do it, now. it now. There was uh, the uh, Somali uh, president of the uh, student athletics sent his niece to run in the games in the 100 metres. And uh, she, well, she she wasn't very fast. She was lagging behind a little bit. She'd come in with dead last with a time of 21.8 seconds. Which, Bright obviously begs the question, how much start... Would Bobby have to give the Somalian president's niece? I'll tell you what, I'll back Bobby up here because he's had a steam and he's had a kick. <laughs> so, so I reckon now he's all re energised. I yeah. reckon he'd win. And he, and he, and he wouldn't need, she'd need to give him a head start. Well, <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, we'll, we'll give this a plug before we go any further. Shirt day, Bri, is when? Friday the 22nd of September. Yes, and we're going to try and do uh, a 100 metres video for the occasion, aren't we, Bobby? Yes, we where, are. Where we can then put other people side by side on said video to see if he actually would win. Fantastic idea. Just so. don't start comparing to people like Josh Adokar because it is going to look like that video. That's, yeah. that's what it's going to look like. <laughs> As if, as if we'd do that. Of course you would. Everyone so, knows you would. But anyway, Brad, before we get into tonight's agenda, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Shirt Day. Um, and as we just said, uh, this year we're going to hold it on Friday the 22nd of September 
Um, we are raising money for MND Association and the Steve Prescott Foundation again. Um, we're doing little, a couple of little different things this year. You may have seen that we've started to announce ambassadors. Yeah. Um, for uh, for people who've supported us, uh, our latest one being Cornwall Rugby League Football Club. Um, and we're handing out heritage numbers to each of our ambassadors as well. Um, Cornwall are now number ten. Um of our ambassadors. Um, and yeah, if you can just donate, if you can, um, wear a shirt. And we have a hashtag of RLSD23. Excellent. Thank you, Bri. Bobby, what's on tonight? Uh, well, we have our round 21 Super League review. Uh, we have my stats of the week. We have a trip to the NRL, as always. Uh, we're then joined by... A, a loose wire. Yeah, Daniel from a loose wire. You've got a loose wire. Uh, so he's going to join us and talk about all things circus. I mean, Warrington related. Yep. We've had a few more confessionals. We have. We have indeed. And then we are going to wrap things up with the Challenge Cup final. And uh, I think we're going to have a bit of a, a, a predictions game on it as well, aren't we? Uh, well, yeah, we've got a prediction league update as well. Oh, yeah, sorry, and the, the league update, of course, Excellent. yeah. Right, let's go then. All right. Rugby league in this part of the world, and more than just the pork rolls at Warrington and the pies at Wigan. There's tradition and history and great grounds and great fans. And then there's the weather. And if you don't like it, well, you just have to put up with it. Tough titties. Well, that brings us as I said, nicely into round 21. And this week we are going to, I, I think it's probably the easiest game to start with this week. We're going to head to the DW. We're going to head to, to Wigan and Hull KR. And it was Wigan 64, Hull KR 6. Yeah, I think the only negative in this for Hull KR, Bri, was probably the effect on the league table, I would think. Yeah, it's, they, had, they were in a no-lose situation, weren't they, really? Mm. Um, other, other than that, the league, the league table. I think, I think I'd have preferred the way they've done it than to the way they've done it by resting the majority of the players and give them a, give them a week, a week off. But, yeah, they, they, the kids done okay. But when you're up against the full strength Wigan and the pace that they have in their backs... It was always going to be a tough evening, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, Bobby, I think everyone would have liked to have played Ulkayar this week, wouldn't they, really? Oh, absolutely. Especially, the, 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 the as you said, the team they named. Um, it, it, you're pretty much guaranteeing, guaranteeing yourself two points there, really, aren't you? Yeah, I think the... Um, um, I suppose the big question is, is, will it work? I know we're going to come on to that later, but I think that's the biggest question of the evening, really, isn't it? I mean, you'd, you'd like to think so. I think every team does it. Um, obviously, with the exclusion of of Lee, who we will come on to, but I think most teams would have done the same thing. Mm. Uh, rested players, you know, it's a it's a big game at the end of the day, and you know, you, you'd like to hope it works by resting your players. But then there is something to to be said about momentum going into the game as well. Yeah, yeah which we'll come on to with Lee, I would think, in a bit. It's it's weird though because 
you watch that and and like people like French and Field and Marshall, they look quick enough as it is. They play against them sort of thing. They look like they're in like fast forward motion when you like you wind it forward. Some sort just of, them, yeah. Some sort of Benny Hill going, yeah. Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did either of you see the Super League show this week? Yes. Yes. Was that the worst Super League show you've ever seen in your life? By the way, it it, it reminded me of of like a poor football league um, highlight show. No way, it's just like, oh, you know, like when you do the FA Cup, like qualifying round. Yeah, here's what happened quickly. Yeah. No interviews, no nothing. There weren't any games at the ground. It was just, this is what's happened. It was absolutely shocking show, I thought. Do you know what? They've, they've done it a couple of times already this season when I've watched it. And... Don't know why, but this week it feels like a kick in the teeth. Mm. You're a week out on the BBC yeah. from one of your biggest, if not the biggest game of the season yeah. in the Challenge Cup final. And the only the only mention of the Challenge Cup final the is end. the five second at the end saying, oh, join us next week as, as Lee take on OKR. Yeah. That's all from us. Bye. I know it's a Super League show, so I, I get the, the fact they might want to do that, but... But the fact is, they could have sort of like if they'd done interviews, they could have dropped that in regularly when they were talking about Hull KR and Lee. Of course, they? you could have. Uh, I mean, I I, I think uh, I don't know if he, I don't I think he's expected to be back. Jordan Abdul's still out. You could have had Abdul mm, on yeah, as as yeah. a Hull KR. You could have got a leave episode. You could have got you could have tried to get yeah, Derek Bowman right. on. Right. Be imaginative. Be yeah. You know, but, drum up rugby league. Exactly. I mean, my point with that though, Bri, was that. Um, I'm not sure it was, whether it was Matt Newsom or somebody else, whoever the commentator was, was like absolutely in raptures about Wigan's performance. And I'm like, well, calm down a bit. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was Matt Newsom. Um, <laughs> he, was well up, he was well up for it, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, he always is, to be quite fair. But, it, you know, it, it was weird, wasn't it? It's like every time Wigan broke the line, there was like four or five. Had two options either side. Mm. Reminded me of that it must have been like you know, like for the fullback for the old KR fullback. Yeah, I think it was Walker. Must have been looking at like a firing squad. Yeah, they didn't know where to look, what to do, or how to respond because no. there was always five coming at them. Yeah. And you know, it was it was as Bobby says, you it was it was in human for two points, wasn't it? Yeah, no matter what, too tough ask. Mm. Bobby, where we're going next? We are going to head to the other side of Hull, uh, who came away with a a rather ruthless dis- display with a 42-4 victory over Wakefield. Mm, ruthless, I think, being the apt word, Bri? Not more than ruthless. Not some of the things that they were doing um, in the game. Like Davey Lytton eating spinach and putting Big Bob on his behind. Yeah. With one arm. I've made a note on about Lytton. He really impresses me week after week. He's been he's been quality, hasn't he? You know, filling in a fullback when Texas not been playing. Yeah, he's he's really stood up this season, hasn't he? Yeah. But well, you, you look at little things in this game, and it's like it, it, again, it seemed it seemed like Wakefield's heads dropped. Yeah. After a the injury and to Samsoni Lange. Um, the delay and it was just before half time and a bit of half time. Seeing the second half, he just switched off. When you've got Andre Savelio doing a little ding kick with five minutes to go as a grubber, you, you know it's not your day, don't you? 
better uh, better kicking game than some half-backs in the competition, Bobby. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, I, I don't want to say it's been a false dawn, because it hasn't, because Wakefield are right back in the mix. Yeah? Um, but this is a disappointing result, I think. Um in a game where you never quite know what you're going to get with Hull FC. We've said that before. Mm. Uh, but the points difference there, Bobby, hasn't done them any good at all. No, it hasn't. Um, especially, uh, I know we haven't covered the game yet, but especially off the back of the, the, the Castleford game. Mm. Um, obviously, Wakefield had to be heading into Sunday, obviously fully aware that they were no longer bottom of the league. Yeah. So, you know, that that had to be playing on the minds a, yeah. a bit and you'd think yeah. Even if you even if you were to lose, you, you would have expected to go down swinging, you would have expected that fight and stay above them especially ahead of their uh, their their game coming up this week. Yeah. Couple of just a couple of little points on that. I thought the uh, the, the young lad from the North Queens and Cowboys looked good. Uh, Clifford, he looked good. Uh, <laughs> yes, he he, uh, he was back. He was back to a bit of form. Now he signed his uh, yeah. new contract, officially announced. Didn't and it? in his senior, seems to have scored more tries than Wakefield managed in half a season. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That would have been a great start. I, I should have looked that up. Yeah, look that up. Like, how many tries did they score at certain games? Yeah, I should have. I should have looked that up. I should have. Uh, that would have been a good one to yeah. to see. We we seem to ask this every week, though, Bright about Hull's chances of making the top six? Yeah, I think I think they're like Wakefield. I think they're concentrating on the home form, aren't they? Yes. And, and I think that's, I think they're hoping that that gets them over the line. Now, they, I know, no disrespect to Wakefield, I know they were playing the poor Wakefield side this week. But Adam Swift's been amazing this season. David Layton's been great. Clifford. Clifford's made Darnell McIntosh look like a world beater. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just think that they're, they're hoping that their home form can push them into the playoffs. And yeah. I think and it's the same with Wakefield. Wakefield are hoping that their home form keeps them up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's actually going to bring me on to my next point, so I'm glad you mentioned that, Brian. Uh, Andy, I was just going to ask... Um, Obviously, we mentioned the the likes of Clifford going back and stuff like that, but uh, I still can't get over it. How big of a miss is Adam Swift going to be for Hull next next season? He's gone to Huddersfield, hasn't he? He's, surely that's going to be a big loss for them. Good signing for Huddersfield. Mm. He's been a he's been a what I would call a, a really solid pro throughout his career. Um, first at Saints, now at Hull. Uh, great support, play up the middle. Mm. You know, gets a lot of tries off the back of people's shoulders, and then just been able to burst through and beat the fullback for speed. Um, and I think you know, no doubt. I think you'll be able to that again at Huddersfield, but that'll, that that that'll be a big, big miss for for Hull FC next year. Yeah, he's he's in the uh, a rich vein of form. I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, that brings us nicely into our next game, um, and that is Swift's new team, Huddersfield, who travelled to the jungle and they came away twenty eight to nil winners. Yeah, uh, which uh, this I mean we we know the, the the stuff afterwards that signaled the end of um, Andy dead last. <laughs> uh, but uh, right, I mean, what, uh, it seemed to me, Brian, that there was a real 
toxic atmosphere at the jungle throughout the game. Yeah, it seemed to it seemed to be from before kickoff, didn't they? Yeah, and yeah, if they'd have got a result, they'd still be in the same atmosphere at the next game. I think even if they got the result, last had to go. There was some, there's been something brewing. No one's happy. Everyone's panicking about the next the, the Wakefield game. And yeah, he just—it's just not nice. Not a nice atmosphere. I've been there in 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 different sports and a similar atmosphere. And it's you, you know that you're going in there, and as much as you're supporting the players and you're wanting the team to win, you—it's it's like you've got another agenda, and you're there to just have a go. If that makes any sense, I'm not saying any of the Castleford fans did, but I think conceding early. And the way they did was Sam Alsall's first try. It, was, it just seems too easy, didn't it? And then from then, the reds dropped and there was no way back, really. No, that's right. I mean, you talk about, you talk about other sports there, Bobby. Say as it is. He means Everton. That's what he means. <laughs> <laughs> just say it as it is, you know. It's, uh, but, um, 17 managers in four years. Uh, yeah, right, carry on. <laughs> um, uh, Uddersfield, though, now, um, four in a row. They've won four in a row. Uh, they've beat Castleford, they've beat Hull, they've beat Wakefield. And surprisingly, the, the start of the run was when they, they, they won at uh, Catalans. Yeah. So my question is, is, can they make it five in a row this week and go to Saints and win? I mean, it's, it's actually quite a tough one. I've, I've, um, I've looked at, the, the Saints squad the last couple of weeks, I backed Leeds and they overcame them and Salford was no picnic for them, which again we'll come on to. But the the team that, that Saints are naming at the moment doesn't look that strong, but they seem to be getting victories. They seem to be doing what mm. a champion side does best and that is go out there and win. And that's why I asked the question because if Saints are at full strength, they say actually, you know, probably got too much there anyway. Mm. But the way that Huddersfield are performing and scoring as well it puts a different complexion on the game I think yeah it definitely does um, I think Jake Connors found his form and found and, and he'll and, be a, he'll be a big danger and, and I think more than anything Bryce probably found a role yeah I, th- I think he's found the place I think he's I think more more importantly he's found peace with Ian Watson because mm. clearly Bang again dropped to 18th man and then playing in a reserve game that's before the main game there's something not right behind the scenes, so... Yeah, that seems a triumph in itself, finding peace with Ian Watson, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it has. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you, you what, did, did you see um, about Chris McQueen in this game? No. So, it was on Friday. Um, on Thursday, the social media team for Huddersfield um, spent 40% a long a few hours making a 40-minute YouTube video of all of Chris McQueen's tries. Right. For them only to score on Friday. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and, he, and he put it up and he, and he apologised. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've got at this game. Was that the worst demo you've ever seen at the end of the game? <laughs> worst demonstration ever? There's about six of them and the stewards trying to talk him out of sitting on the steps. Just like, come on, lad, just go, you know? And it was like six of them. And it was like it was the worst demonstration I've ever seen. It was worse than one of them Just Stop Oil things, honestly. <laughs> it was worse than that Just Stop Oil one at the snooker where one of them got tackled before they could like throw the orange powder on. 
Well, they got the orange right, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, they did get the orange right, yeah. Um, just just one last thing before we uh, wrap up on this game. Obviously, he didn't, he didn't feature in this game, but um, obviously it's, it's definitely worth mentioning that uh, Blake Austin has left Leeds and found himself a new home at Castleford, hasn't he? He has. Can I come back to that on the Leeds game? Of course you can. Because I think that's more appropriate the way he left Leeds than the more he joined Castleford, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back on to that. What I want to touch about, though, is Huddersfield, uh, sorry, Wakefield and Castleford now both have six games left to preserve their Super League status. Okay? So, Wakefield's fixtures are as follows. Castleford at home. Okay? You need to join in now, you two, with win or loss. Okay. All right. Castleford at home. Win. Win. Salford away. Loss. Lose. Saints at home. Lose. Lose. Catalans at home. Lose. Win, because Catalan have won the league leaders by then. Lee away. Lose. Lose. Hold KR at home. Win. Lose. So, Bobby, you've given them two points. Right, you've given them six. Yeah. Okay. Castleford. Wakefield away. Lose. Lose. Saints at home. Lose. Lose. Warrington away. Oh, that's tough. Golden point win. <laughs> so you having a win for that, right? Lose. Hull at home. Lose. Lose. Wigan away. Lose. Lose. Leeds away. Win. Win. They somehow always do it against Leeds, don't they? So, Bobby, you've given them two... You, that's the only game that you're giving them as a win in that run. Yeah. Bri, you've given four points. Yeah. Either way, you've both had Wakefield to stay up on the as, as they remain in fixtures. Well, it might have come down to points difference, wouldn't it? Uh, yes, it would, actually, yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. So, will oh, there... Oh, 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 so will there be a will there be a, a, a new a new coach you know burst yeah. when Darrell Powell goes back right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean look depending on who it is you'd probably say yes because it, it happens majority of the time but you know don't forget we all said we all expected Andy Last to do the same thing but when when Radford left and then he didn't and then and all of a sudden won. he's still the permanent coach and, and they've won four out of nineteen. Yeah, it. <sighs> yeah, we did have a comment about the caretaker situation, didn't we? What yeah, we did. Yeah, we're not going to re- we're not going to repeat that one. Okay. Um, but ah, it, it's not so much. I think with six games left, I don't think it's so much as a new burst. I think it's how well can they rally around the fixtures they've got the, mm. the Castleford's running to me seems a lot harder than the one Wakefield have mm. I, I don't know why mm. I, I feel but I also feel that next week I've back Wakefield to win for example 
But that could change the whole complexion if Castleford managed to get a win. Of course it could. But if Wakefield do win that, I can also see this tit for tat going on. I could also see, if I, if I get my predictions wrong, if Castleford win one, Wakefield will still win that week. Or I can I can feel this tit for tat coming. Yeah. And whoever okay. wins next week, I think is going to be a big one. Okay, interesting. I just wanted to get your thoughts. Before on. we go on, the, on that one, have you ever known of a, of a club to announce that they're going to make an announcement two days later. <laughs> they make an announcement. Yeah, there's an announcement coming. Yeah. We, we'd like to announce, we, we'll release a club statement. We're going to make an announcement in two days. I like it. Yeah. Well, like it. Uh, moving on to our, our next fixture. Um, we are going to come back to the team that Darrell Powell used to be at and that is Warrington and they lost 30-10 to Catalans mm. same frailties for Warrington Bry yeah it just didn't seem interested some of, some of the players some of the defending was really poor but so was the attacking mm. it, it didn't seem to click at all just, don't get me wrong like clearly just being unbest and like Daddy Chambers tried his hardest, didn't he? Trying like with all the teams lining up to applaud them out, and yeah, it was a nice that, touch, that, that wasn't it? it? It was a lovely touch, but it, the bubble burst after about a minute and a half. And there was a there and, was a good atmosphere in the ground as well at the start of the game as well. They were like they were yeah. hopeful. It was like um, I don't want to be sort of disrespectful to Daryl Powell in a way, but it was like a, a huge weight had been lifted off the club and the fans. And the, the atmosphere. But then the players like didn't show that. No, that's right. It soon it soon reverted to tight, didn't it? After you know the first yeah. half an hour, mm. you you've got you've got things like McKayley coming back, and why? I don't get it. Why leave for being homesick to then come back? Yeah. And so was it pal? Was it, you, you know what I mean? So everything everything seems a bit up in the air at the moment, mm. and then it's still going to be up in the air till next season. Yeah. Clearly, yeah, I've been on longer holidays than that. McKayley was missing. <laughs> <laughs> what? But um, Bobby Catalans, just it's simple, isn't it? Simple rugby. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I don't know what else to say on that. It is very very simplistic rugby, but it, it's good rugby to watch as well at the same time they they do the basics right yeah, exactly and that is what he's currently made are they, f- are they still four points clear i think so yeah a lot of us off- lot of offloads yep and then and then the hands out wide particularly the first couple of tries over like the one to davis for example mm. just really quick hands and you know that old adage that the ball can move quickly than you can and that's what they did and they, they just got numbers and in the corner, and there was nothing, nothing clever about it. It was just really, really, as you say, really, really good basics. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we know that Sam Burgess has now been appointed. There's a story behind that, but we're going to talk to Daniel. Like you've got a loose wire about that, so we're not going to touch on that now in the games. Um, so we'll we'll talk a bit, a little bit more about Warrington with him and his thoughts um, later in the pod. So we will move on to our next game. And we saw uh, a very unusual scoreline in this instance. And that was Salford 15, 
Saints 18. Mm. And just in time, Bri, for our new feature, uh, which is entitled Who's Upset Salford This Week? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Everyone. Um, I'll tell you what, on that that note, I think T. Ritson needs to start uh, borrowing Matty Lee's white boots. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Um, Yeah, look, it was a game of two halves, really, wasn't it? Salford were pretty decent from the first half. And then, again, just capitulated in the second. But, as you say, who have the upset this week is everyone, everyone in the dog came out about the officials this week. Even Paul Valley had a go, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, not surprised he came out because there are three things guaranteed in this life, isn't there? That's death, taxes... And Salford fans complaining about the ref. <laughs> the majority of them, anyway. I actually felt I had felt a bit sorry for him in this instance. I thought, well, that's seven, that's seven defeats in a row now for the Salford Red Meltdowns. Um, <laughs> and that's you know, it's like that, it's like that thing is in the Simpsons, isn't it? The spring, it's the Springfield Meltdowns. Uh, it's like the Salford Red Meltdowns. I've, I've got, got Meltmania. I've got Down syndrome. Yeah, it's one of them, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> That's going to be our picture on the headline for the pod, isn't it? Lenny and Carl, Lenny and Carl doing that. Yeah, that's all for the yeah. meltdowns. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, it seems. Do you know what? I, all right, I'll stop now because it seems like we're having a, a a go at Salford. But some of the comments and stuff like that afterwards from some of the fans are just absolutely embarrassing. And at the end of the day, you're fifteen two up at half time, right? It's poor game management, and you've now lost seven in a row. So where? You know, where does the blame really lie, Bri? Is it with the referee every week? Oh, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't get what's going on, to be quite honest. See, you, you've got to look at it. There's, there's no denying that they can go forward. They can go forward, they can cause trouble, they can score points. It's clearly the defence and the discipline that's letting them down. Mm. And, and, and it seems that once they go behind the heads, drop. And then, it's like everything, isn't it? With most teams, your heads drop, things start going against you. So then you start moaning about things going against you. Um, like players, coaches, moaning. And then it seems to go against you more. And then it feels like you're in a snowball effect. Yeah. And that's exactly where they seem to be at the minute. Because there's no denying that they've got the quality there. I think they, had, they named 1-15 to 15 in their squad. Mm. So there's no um, for this game. Yeah, there's no excuses there, is there? And I mean, I, well, not when you're 15 to up at half time and you and you seem to be strolling against, in the first half against a team with so many injuries and, and you know not great form either. So you know, I, I mean, I, I'd seen comments before the game, uh, after the game, sorry, about you know Wellsby and Makinson, like you know screaming at officials and things like this, and and you know. Uh, Paul Rowley's rant about you know, but they had a scoreless second half. What what do you make? What do you make of Rowley's comments, Bry? See, as he, I don't know because as he just jumped on the bandwagon of what is everyone else is saying. Mm. I get you frustrated. I get you need answers, but. 
let's look at this logically. There's rumours going around that things aren't right at the club. Mm. There's, there, there was rumours all week of players leaving, coach leaving. Yeah. So there's something not right in-house. Yeah. Or there seems to not be something right in-house. So if he's getting the brunt of it, of course he's going to blow at some point, isn't he? Everyone does. Everyone's going to do it. I think the thing, the problem is, and and now he's being called up for it, is the way he's done and the way what he said. If if we're condoning what people say on social media, we have to condone what yeah. Paul Valley said. Yeah. The other thing, Bobby, is that you can you can see a lot of still photos in in all the aftermatch comments about boots on the line and all this sort of stuff and a lot of still things. Don't really tell you anything, really, as such, do they? Can, you know, you can make a lot of different assumptions out of still photos and things. Of, of course, you can, and that, that's that's probably the the one of the biggest things there. But you know, the, the other thing to say on that as well is, all right, you can show still photos. You can sh- you could even show videos of what you think is wrong. Mm. You can have a go at all. You, if you're going to show them and you're going to blame the ref for them. Why don't you show the other side? Why don't you show the the mistakes your team made or got away with? Because you're not going to do that. No. Well, did Jack Smith do okay in the first half? Of course he did. Because they were 15-2 up. There you go, yeah. But again, as you've said, they've conceded 16 unanswered second half points. They've remained scoreless and it's never the team's fault. They have to find somebody else to to, to, to blame. To blame. What, what did you say to me, Brian, about um, still photos? Oh, it's like it's like um, watching an, an mid nineties episode of uh, Crime Watch. <laughs> Have you seen this man? And let's let's be frank here. It's not just soul for the fans. We we I need to say this. It's not just soul for fans. It's not. It's Every fans more, do it. It's more prevalent this week. That's all. Yeah, it's yeah, been an absolute course. overdrive for Salford this week. Every fans whinge about definitely mistakes. Every fans whinge about. Um, about calls gone wrong. Every fan, every fan does stills. We, when I'm not having a go with Salford fans here. It's just that it's that's what it is at the moment. I agree. That's it. Can you? I'll tell you what though. Can you imagine going round? Um, imagine going round a Salford fans' house like when they come back off holiday to watch their holiday snaps. Oh, this is this is me outside the Great Pyramids. There's me on a. a there's me on a, a on a, a a canoe going down the Nile or whatever. Yeah, that's T. Richardson's boot in touch. <laughs> Taking on some kind of potato or something. That's, yeah, that's Andy Acker's getting uh, getting clearly obstructed for Saints' first try. That's a knock on from Morgan Knowles. Uh, there's me on a camel. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's true, isn't it? I mean, just come on. There's a time where you need to look at yourself and go. Do you know what? We've lost seven games in a row. Yeah. It's not the ref's fault seven times in a row. It's ours. No. Two Saints, though, backing up a really good win against Leeds last week, Bobby, with another understrength team and another injury for Curtis Sivan and joined the game. Um, with this one coming back from 15-2 down, good signs, good signs for the champions. Yeah, absolutely. As I, as I said, they as I said at the start there, they seem to... It's that mentality of the club, isn't it? It's what Saints do best. Mm. And the, it's probably one of the oldest sayings in the league now, but you just never write off the Saints, do you? And mm. 
time and time again they they just keep just keep proving that and well here's another example 15 2 down weakened side and what do they do? They come away with two points. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot else to say about Saints in this game, Brian, really, is it? They stuck to the task in this completely different team, completely outplayed in the first half, completely outkicked by Sneed, completely outplayed with the ball, and second half, complete reversal. Well, this is the thing. It, were, it weren't even just the first half. It was the first half into the second half because yeah. they kicked out on the full off the kickoff. Sneed kicked the 40-20 when Salford were up against it. So it was still happening at the start of the second half. So it just something seemed to click. I'd say George Delaney needs a lot of credit. Um, he's he, he's some talent as that yeah, as that looks, lad. Yeah, he looks like he's going to be a good one, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but also this 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 screams Saint Helens twenty fourteen to me because mm. if you look at the, the team that they had in the final, which they started with. And then after three minutes, they had Wellens and Flanagan at, at halves, yeah. Nathanson at fullback. It, it, it was it seems to be round holes and square pegs, yeah. and they get into that point now. But as you say, they're still carving out wins. When let's be honest, most people are writing them off. Do you know what? Just, just absolutely dead quick on on the back of something Brad just said that just stuck with me. Can I just say very quickly because it doesn't happen very often. It's, it's happened in in this game that Brad just said that rule needs abolishing as well. Where you kick off and if you have your foot on the line, you can catch the ball and it's out on the full. It punishes mm-hmm. good kicks and it was sh- uh, it, it yeah, was there again in this game. It was a brilliant kick off, but he put his foot on the line and he caught it. Punished, shortened the pitch by a yard all round. It's it's stupid. Yeah, what there's it's a lot ridiculous. Of, there's rule. a lot of rules that need, but that's another discussion for another yeah, day. But you're of course. quite right. Uh, which brings us nicely into our last game of round twenty one, um, and. Well, uh, a surprising Lee side turned up, but came away with a 13-6 victory. Yeah, just before we get on to the actual game, let, let's bring up the point that you did before, Bobby, about um, Blake Austin um, leaving very quickly. And it looked like, as well, without the knowledge of either coach from Leeds or Castleford. Yeah, it it, it was a... It's been a right. It's been a real stir up in the Leeds camp this week, hasn't it? And um, there was a video that resurfaced, wasn't there? Yes, there was. If you haven't, if you if you haven't seen it, if you've been living under a rock in the rugby league world, there has a there is a video out of uh, Blake Austin on a podcast. Yeah, um, basically slagging Leeds off. Yeah, stating that Heatherington will do anything for a quick yeah. pound in the pocket. I- I think that's what it was. It's not. It's not having to go with Leeds. It was having to go with Uncle Gary, and Uncle Gary doesn't like it. No, and it's no coincidence, Brad, that that video resurfaces a couple of days before the transfer deadline. And you know, you wonder, ooh, where's that been leaked from? If you like, or yeah, where's that so been resurfaced from? You know, certainly not from Leeds, thing. and it's certainly not from Gary Etherington, is it? No, the whole thing stinks. To yeah. be quite fair. Yeah. Like, you got to look at it. You, you look at it from every angle. You, like neither like Roman Smith didn't have a clue. Gary Edmonton's gone right. That's enough. Yeah. Like Andy Last. Andy Last had a two hour phone call with him. He didn't have a clue. But what was the point of that phone call? Sorry to interrupt. Andy Last didn't have a clue. Are you still talking about Blake Austin? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So. But, 
Yeah, go on. He, he didn't have a clue. He, but what if you know that you're, you're bored? The board must have known at Castleford that they were going to sack him if he got beat. So that was the that two hour phone call was just not needed, was it? No. Yeah, but the, the other thing to add on to this as well is, you know, and for me, it obviously causes some form of, of disruption there. But um, you say Rowan Smith didn't know, uh, and Gary Etherington said, right, that's enough. But in his, in his statement, Gary Etherington said that he and Rowan Smith both came to the conclusion that it was time for him to move on. So is Hetherington who's lying here because either Smith says he doesn't know or Hetherington saying well I spoke to you about mm. it so are you going behind the coach's back now? Mm. I, I did like his um, I did like his statement when he left though to say to Leeds fans you know I'm sorry but, you know, and I know you're the losers in this <laughs> I did like that <laughs> I, most of them wanted him out anyway didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's Just, the other thing about it here's another thing about it supposedly he's injured now right Supposedly he's injured. So, what is he going to play next week? Yeah. <laughs> but and also, also on top of that, then Richie Marley gets injured, and you bring no one in. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, another yeah, a very strange decision from the club, not only to not replace um, Blake Austin, but now to also not replace Richie Marley, which just seems. Very strange behaviour from a from a club that is still supposedly trying to go for the playoffs, and you know even further than that. Um, yeah, but I agree. anyway, just uh, just just before we actually address the actual game itself, uh, just one more thing on that that I did notice: hmm? Have Leeds not got any spare uh, goalposts? By the way, what do you mean? Well. Live on Sky Sports across the uh, across the crossbar, you can see that that barter card's written on it, the one that's gone bust and has nothing to do with the league anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, have they got no spare goalposts or some sticker remover? Uh, I don't know. You have got one more thing, haven't you, before the uh, before we talk about the game? Oh yes, uh, we have probably uh, probably not the 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 victory. Well, the the game that you wanted me to bring it up on, but uh, it is worth mentioning that one of our uh, pods. Listeners, and he's even been on it a few times, and he does the prediction league. It is uh, Leeds fan Jordan's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Jordan! So happy birthday, happy birthday Jordan! Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, onto this actual game itself now, and um, obviously, as I said, Lee turned up in um, it with a with a, a winning side, shall we say? Well, they haven't got the squad that, for example, all KR have, so they've had to play the. the the team but again as you said before Bobby you know there's momentum there Bryant there yeah there is but I'll be honest with you not much happened in this game really no, um, no. I, was it more of a case of Lee would be just let's get through it yeah, it didn't it, seem that way from the players because no. don't get me wrong some of the players really good in but that, in that case then are they not there for the taking well this was this was my thought because the week before against Wigan once they were 10, 50, well, 10, 16 points down, that was it. They give up. Yeah. Some of the defending once they once once they'd um, gone a bit behind was absolutely diabolical. It was like, oh, I don't want to get injured, but I also don't want to cause cause a foul to which to get me suspended. Mm. And so yet they were there for the taking. Yeah. But when you've got when you've got 
inexperienced a fullback like Luke Hooley, and you've got no, you've only got one half really playing. Yeah, you've not really got a spine. So what could Leeds do? Mm. And that just then brings you back onto Blake Austin yeah. and and Richie Myler. Yeah. You, you don't you don't replace what was there. Young Jack Sinfield was on the bench. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, so you know. Yeah, there was a really key moment in this game. I thought, which was a high tackle by Lewis Roberts. Uh, the non-high tackle. Non-high tackle. When you show in the replay, he's got all of his shirt. Yeah. He's got all of his shirt, and then Ben Reynolds kicks the two, which allows them then to go for the drop goal. Yeah. He. Uh, I think the the official said he started on the shoulder and then. He didn't. He slipped just, up into the head. We didn't go into his head. He went into the top of his shirt. Yeah, he got he, his shirt. I didn't see any high I mean, tackle was, there. That was, quite, that was quite crucial. My only other point on this is uh, Derek Bowman. Has he got any other clothes that don't have leopard print? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, he got rid of his entire wardrobe and he replaced it, it with, with leopard, leopard print. Skin. Do you know who reminds me? No comment. Yeah, do you know no comment. Yeah, well, we've seen these pictures <laughs> off you, yeah. Do you, know, do you know who he reminds me of? Jurgen Klopp. Always wears a tracksuit. No, no. You, if you go in Jurgen Klopp's wardrobe, right, he has not got any other clothes apart from Liverpool training gear. <laughs> right? Every time you see him, right, he's got a Liverpool tracksuit on, a cap and everything. He hasn't got any more clothes apart from Liverpool training gear. Derek Bowman has not got any other clothes apart from leopard print now. So, in, in that case then, and <laughs> I know, I know... I've had a, I've had a I've had a word with Callum on this, so Callum has let his views shine on this. All right, but uh, let's say from let's say from both of you, if Derek Beaumont yeah. turns up to Wembley in a leopard suit, in a leopard skin suit, yeah, is there a time and a place, or is it still funny and acceptable? Well, Rod Stewart does it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but. That's the time and the place. <laughs> That's the time and the place at a Rod Stewart concert. So, well, it'll be, not, it'll not be in a Challenge Cup final. It'll be the first person at Wembley to be in a leopard in suit since Mel B was there with the Spice Girls. There you go. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think that just wraps us up for that that little uh, that was review, doesn't it, Bobby? It does indeed. Should we, uh, move, should we move on? We shall indeed. It's Bobby's Stats of the Week. It is. It's Bojo's Stats of the Week. Yeah. Do you know what? I asked nicely. As well. Oh, sorry. Hello. <laughs> Better. I was waiting for that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> How many have we got this week, you floppy-haired buffoon? Uh, six. <laughs> That means nine because you can't count. I'm not asking you how many kids you've got, Boris. You know, right? How many? How many have we got, Bobby, this week? No, we got we got six this week. All right, let's... did Bojo fall asleep in the steam room? <laughs> you got to imagine he has done it at some point in Definitely, his life. Yeah, that was when he was hiding from the press in the steam room. Right? Okay, Bobby. How many have we got? We've got six this week, and we are going to start at Salford and Salford. Uh, as we know, have now lost seven in a row. Um, seven in a row in all competitions, it should be said, they did lose a Challenge Cup in this streak. Um, it is their longest losing streak since 2017, when they lost eight in a row. Okay. So they've gone 
nearly six years without losing that many games in a row, but mm, so, one more on and it's joint. Mm. Not a good time for Salford. No, uh, bad run at a wrong time of season, isn't it, really? It yeah. is. Okay. Who's he got next? That's a good question. While Bobby does his next stat, I shall be looking that up, right? Yes. Um, stat number two is uh, following the sacking of Andy Last, uh, he has now become Castleford's third worst coach in win percentage. Uh, so, as you know, he won um, he won four of his 19 games, which gives him about a 21% win rate. Uh, he is only beaten by uh, Mick Morgan, who was only in charge for four games, but didn't manage a win in any of them. So he's got a 0%. And Ian Millward, uh, who has 20% of just his... Forget, just forget about Ian Millward, coaching yeah. Castleford, don't you? Yeah. He had 20% of his victories at Castleford. So Andy Last is now the oh, third worst go. coach there. And back to your previous stat, uh, Salford play Huddersfield away next. Ooh, tough game. Uh, then it's Wakefield at home, Wigan away, Warrington at home, Hull Car away, Catalans at home. Wow, that is a tough run of it's fixtures not, for. So it's not the easiest run for them, is it? It's not, is it? Okay. What's the next stat then? Uh, stat number three is uh, Lee have beaten Leeds for the first time at Headingley since 1984. Really? Mm. Nearly 40 years. Yeah. Mm. So. Wow. Good win for the Leopards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, stat number five, four, sorry. Stat number four is uh, the Sea Eagles uh, lost to the Roosters this week. And their, con- their, their drought continues as they have not beaten the Roosters at the Sydney Cricket Ground in over 30 years. Their last win at the ground over the Roosters came back in 1987. So, mm. bit of a bit of a uh, bit of a bad territory for the Sea Eagles there. Mm, definitely. Um, stat number five is for the first time in 18 years, uh, the Storm have lost to the same team twice by 13 plus points. Wow. So they lost to the Panthers this week, so the Panthers beat them back earlier in the season. So back in 2005 was the last time they lost to the same club by more than 13 points. That's an amazing start, really, isn't it, when you think mm. about it? That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and the last stat of the week, did you happen to catch the Roosters and the Seagulls by any chance? I didn't, no. Okay. Well, um, the Roosters player, Nathan Brown, um, came on. Uh, around the 60th minute. Do you know how long he lasted? No. He lasted 21 seconds. Did he get injured? No. He got red carded for a high tackle. <laughs> um, That's Adrian Morley like. <laughs> <laughs> 21 seconds he lasted. Do you know what's even more amazing? It's not the quickest in the NRL or at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Okay. Uh, that record stands back in 1986 with Peter Kelly, okay. who was red carded for the, I believe, the Canterbury Bulldogs after eight seconds. Excellent. They did a short kickoff. It rolled along the floor. He picked it up and poof. There you go. Have that. Eight seconds. So there you go. That is the stats of the week. Thank you. Some good ones. 
It's Bobby's Stats of the Week. Uh, thank you. Shall we, shall we stay down under for this? You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Yes, it is time for our quick readout of the NRL. And if you've got anything to say, just feel free to join in. Uh, Roosters 26, Manly 16. Titans 18, Warriors 28. Warriors are on a great bit of form. Sean Johnson is uh, rolling back the years, it must be said. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Uh, The Panthers 26, Storm 6. The Cowboys. You, it's good on that one. It's good to see uh, Callumbach playing this week. Oh yeah, of course. Yes, uh, for the feeder club for the Storm, uh, Ryan Pappenhausen made his return to rugby league after his uh, uh, knee breadstick in a blender situation. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's good. Um, the Cowboys fourteen, the Broncos thirty. Again, the the, uh, the Broncos don't seem to be slipping away this year. They're right hot on the heels of the Panthers. And, uh, well, for the best supported club in the league, it's probably good to see for their uh, for their many fans, isn't it? Mm. Uh, the Dolphins narrowly lost out to the Knights, 30-28. As they keep seeming to do every week now. Yeah. It's a shame, really. Uh, the Bunnies... Found themselves losing again down to the Sharks, 26-16. Callum's give up on them now, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He'll, uh, he'll be a Broncos fan by the end of the season. <laughs> he's probably the only one he's mad. The Eels, uh, 26. The Dragons, 20. Came back from 2010 down with about, I think, 20 minutes to play. They scored 16 answered points. Got to feel a bit unlucky for the Dragons winger there, that uh, Ravalawa. Mm. Uh, scored four tries in the game and still lost the game. Not many players can say that, can they? No. Um, and the Roosters, 22. The Tigers, 18. Um, and if you... Uh, sorry, the Raiders. Sorry, Raiders, 22. Tigers, 18. Okay. Sorry. And um, if you want to watch... Any NRL this week, the highlighted games, Broncos and the Eels, uh, the Roosters and the Dolphins, and your favourite fixture of the year, Andy, is this week. It's not, is it? It is. It's not the Raiders on the Storm. It is the Raiders Ra- on the Storm. <laughs> is it? It is. Is it, is it the Jim Morrison Derby? It is the Jim Morrison Derby. I love that. Yeah, the Jim Morrison Derby, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Raiders and the Storm. Love it. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant. Uh, and that wraps us up for the NRL this week. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife, that's a spoon. Yes, it's time for our ever favourite segment, I reckon. Here we go. I'm just a fan, Alan, that's all. Your biggest fan. He is. But he's a super fan. And he's uh, from, it's Daniel, from at You've Got a Loose Wire. And he's on to talk about, well, as we mentioned before, the uh, the circus that is Warrington. Daniel, welcome <laughs> to the Loose Forward pod again. Great to have you on, Thank mate. Thank you. Thank um, you, sir, indeed. 
I suppose we should start with a congratulations of Warrington moving up the table. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, thanks to Wigan of all teams. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you, a, good, a good weekend. Exactly. Lose about eight on the chart and still move up a place. Brilliant. I, only in rugby league. Fantastic. So... Mm. I've forgotten about that, yeah. yeah. Always yeah. <laughs> oh, start on a positive, you see, yeah. <laughs> um so Daniel, I'm gonna I'm gonna start if I can with you. Um in uh, in a bit of a comparison manner um with the start of the season to now. So obviously I just want to get your views on, on this. So start of the season, you're you're eight for me. It's looking good. You know the fans are probably hopeful. Is is this is this finally Warrington's Warrington's year? And then now it's three from twelve, including losses to the the two relegation battles in, in Castleford and Wakefield in that run. What what? Um, I suppose in the simplest way, what what's gone wrong? Yeah, um, I think we hear the phrase "don't we game of two halves." I think this has probably been a bit of a year of two halves. Warrington, mm. we started as you say, started really quite quite brightly. Um, I think in hindsight, looking back at those eight games, there were a few of them we perhaps got a little bit lucky in. Um, I think against Salford, we had, I think we got given two eight-point tries, which I think is unheard of in in, in one match, mm, for example. I remember that? Yeah. So there were a couple mm. of games we got a little bit, a little bit perhaps. Oh, not necessarily lucky because we did play some good stuff, but you know maybe perhaps we papered over the cracks a little bit, and you know we just came out of the blocks and played on momentum. But for me, it was telling that having having won those eight games, we then had uh, Wigan and St Helens back to back, and we got well beaten in both of those games, and I think that was one of those where, you know, having played quite well for, uh, you know, the good first part of the season, we've come up against the two, you know, most likely sides you might need to beat to win a grand final. Yeah. And and we didn't really turn up in either of those games. And I, I just think it's been downhill from, from there, really. And um, we've never really, I just don't think we've ever really recovered from that. I think, I think confidence and mentality has taken a huge hit since those two games. And I, I really do trace it, trace a lot of it Back, back to those two games, uh, to be honest. Mm. I've got to ask you about. I've got to ask you about Darrell Powell. Then mm. is that is that the root cause, or is this something? Is this something bigger? I think I think there's probably a multitude of reasons why it, why it went wrong. But ultimately, you know, I always think in sport you can't really sack the players. The easiest person to sack is the manager or the coach in this in this situation so they had to make a change and you know whether he was the biggest problem or just one of many problems he was always going to be one that was going to take the fall yeah. uh, I think it got to a point where you know people including myself had pretty much run out of patience with Powell and I was a big yeah. advocate for his appointment but I think if you take away those those first eight games that we referenced those first eight games of this season if you forget that for a minute we've been pretty atrocious under Powell for nearly two years other than those eight games so I think something had to give, um, and it was it was it was probably time for him, for him to go. Really, whether whether he was the biggest problem or just one of a few problems. Mm. I suppose those eight games really were. I suppose were the only credit he had in the bank. Really, wasn't they over the last two years? Really, yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, you kind of lightheartedly say that we moved up the table. The only reason we're anywhere near, you know, in the top half of them is because of those eight games. Yeah, because what we produced since. Yeah. You know, 
relegation standard right. for. Other, otherwise, um, yeah, you're right. It would have been pretty much a repeat of last season, wouldn't it? Without, yeah, that? yeah, yeah. yeah and that. since since that first day game, it has been a repeat of last season in many ways. You know, very very few wins, some pretty heavy defeats, and for me, some games recently where we've been conceding a high number of points and, and barely scoring. Uh, I think ten points against Catalans last week, six points against Wakefield the week before. You know, we've not been scoring. Um, so there's been some pretty dire performances in there. I can't really think of any of those games that we've got beaten in where I thought, you know, we should have won that. Um, so we've pretty much got what we deserve in terms of performances to, to results, I think. Yeah, of course. And then there was a buzz of excitement around the town, wasn't there, when the, when, uh, the Wolves thought they were, they were getting Justin Holbrook on board? Yeah, th- there was excitement because, you know, look, this is a guy that, that won Super League um, and, you know, did a terrific job at, at St. Helens. And I think what we've seen from St. Helens in the last four or five years, maybe not so much this year so far, but there's still time to change that. I think a lot of that was started by Holbrook, really. Definitely. You know, yeah. you know, St. Helens weren't really going too well until he came in and he, he changed things. And, uh, you know, what was one four, was it four in a row? And he, he won the first of those. And, um, you know, he went over to Australia and, um, I think did quite a reasonable job in his first couple of years at Gold Coast. I know he got he got cut off this year, but um, I think he would have been a really good appointment for Warrington. He, he you know he, he, he was a tried and tested ace bet if you like. Yeah. So he he was somebody that I, w- I would have liked because I think you know it needs somebody. It's it's not an easy job. I don't think Warrington. Uh, I think there's a lot there to do with culture. I think there's a lot there to do with the way the club is run uh, that perhaps doesn't make it the easiest of jobs. And I think Powell found found that out during his time there and. I think Holbrook might have been somebody who could have could have come in and made some changes and uh, maybe helped us get get us to where we want to be. But the fact is, he chose an assistant job, um, and I don't I don't particularly blame him for that. You know, um, he's got to think about his, himself and his, his family, of course. But that was that was a bit of a blow to, to get to get turned down by Holbrook because. He was clearly the club's number one choice. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's interesting you, you talk about culture there as well because I know um, Saints fans were ecstatic at the way that he bought into the town, bought into the club, bought into yeah. the community, and and really I think changed the culture of Saints um, because he came in at a difficult time after, I suppose, a similar time to Warrington with Powell after Saints had Kieran Cunningham, and, and he changed the full culture. And now, it, now it looks like well, the first thing that um, obviously like we all know that Sam Burgess has been appointed, which I'll get your thoughts on that in in a in a in a, in a minute. But the first thing that he said is about building the, and changing the culture, isn't it? That's you know something that he said straight away before he's even arrived. You have a buzzword around Warrington is this culture business. We're we're all, we're all using this word and. Um... I think it's something that people can clearly identify that there's that there's problems that, that need addressing. Whether that's to do with it might maybe attitudes on the pitch or, or perhaps the way the way the club is run standards, uh, but it all comes back to this business of culture. Um, now, when when Powell got appointed, you know, two years ago or whatever it was, he was he was big on that. I remember I remember watching the, the club put a video on YouTube of Powell meeting the, the Warrington squad for the first time, and he sat them all down. I think it was like a 15 minute video and I counted he used the word culture 19 times in this video so it's clearly something that you know Powell was interested in doing something with Mm. and 
you know, the new guys got to have a look at it as well. But right. it's a concern because it's clearly something that people are struggling to change. You're right. And it's not just, and, and it's like you said, you said there about a buzzword. It's not just something that you can just switch on and off and change. Oh, we've got to get the culture right. It doesn't really work like that, does it? But, um, but in the meantime, the, the, the person that has been uh, tasked with changing that culture now, obviously, is Sam Burgess. Um, good appointment, or or not? I think I think a really surprising appointment. I mean, mm. um, I was I was late to this. I was um, I was at the Liverpool game last night. So imagine my surprise when I walked out of the ground to find three million messages on my phone. Um, <laughs> With, with this appointment getting confirmed but um, I think a really surprising appointment I've, I've no idea if it's a good or bad appointment I've, no. I've no idea really I, I guess we'll only find that out when he comes I think what surprised me most and perhaps what concerns me most is you know in Holbrook as I mentioned we've got somebody who I think was a real safe bet somebody who was a bit, a bit of a guarantee that it would come in and do well you know you'd be very surprised if Holbrook would have come in and, and failed he was, he was about as tried and tested as you could have got really in, in Holbrook mm. so to go from Holbrook that kind of candidate to a real yeah. you know perhaps gamble and I don't want to do Burgess any disservice there but I think it probably is a gamble yeah. on, on essentially a bit of a bit of a rookie yeah. that that concerned me greatly in terms of what Warrington's plan was for this coaching appointment because they went down one route and because they didn't get that candidate they've gone for a candidate that is, is the polar opposite of Holbrook in terms of the experience um, and so that that strikes me is we didn't really know what we wanted and if Holbrook turned us down we didn't really have a plan B mm. because I said to somebody this morning when Powell got sacked last week week before I think if you'd asked me to write down 30 people I don't think Burge would have come on that list at any point mm. no I think you're right that's how surprising an appointment it is yeah so just on that then Daniel I mean if Burgess is coming in, you've, you've already said he, he's, we already know he's not had coaching jobs before, so he is he is that he is that rookie. How how long before you start to see something from him? I mean, before you know the let's say he comes in for twenty four and he doesn't make the playoffs, for example, do you give him more time after that, or is it a case of he needs to come in and start getting results straight away? Yeah. Well. You'd like to think that if he, if he is keen on this changing this culture, that he would be given the time to do that. And Powell was given the time the time to do that. You know, he was given eighteen months when when the results weren't weren't good enough really to probably warrant that. So, you know, I hope that we've appointed a, we've appointed a young coach here that doesn't have much experience. Yeah. Um, that's got to be seen as a long term a part of a long term project, in my opinion. And, and I think. I think Warrington have perhaps got to get out of this habit of, um, just, you know, everything on the coach, and they've got to try and look at the rest of the club as well. So, yeah. you know, I, I I would like to think that Burgess will will at least be given, you know, the two years that he's signed on for. But yeah. don't don't you think it's quite quite interesting that he's not even arrived yet, and already we're talking about how long he might last? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, where do the doubts? Where do the where would your doubts come in? Is, is it purely among the? Is it purely to the inexperience? I mean, he talks about culture, and yet he's had numerous charges and arrests against him, hasn't he? For yeah. stuff that you know. I mean, I know that that's been a voice of concern amongst the fans this week, hasn't it? 
Yeah, and and I think I think I think this is the thing is that you know is he somebody who can come in and and can change that culture? Uh, I know he's you know you could say he's kind of turned his life around a bit in the last few years, but he's never he's never been someone that's been that drama's been far away from, and that and that's my concern is you know if he has a few bad results and mm. the press starts to get on his back, you know how how will he respond to that? Um, but so so the concerns do pretty much derive from his, his inexperience, but also not just inexperience, but youthfulness as well. I mean, Ratchford, for example, is the captain of the Warrington side. Yeah. Ratchford is older than Burgess, and, and, and that, that's a bizarre balance to have, isn't it, where you've got players in the team who, yeah. who are going to be older than, than yeah. the coach. Good job he's um, not got Robe in LMS, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mind you, would St. Helens have made that appointment? Would be, would be another question. Yeah, that's another question. Um, yeah, you're right, yeah. It, it does seem a very, a very bizarre appointment. I, I'm more than willing to get behind him because uh, I think I think that's what we've got to do at, at, at this stage. But um, look, it, it, it's hard to be overly positive about it because, as I say, it, it just seems like we've we've gone from one kind of candidate in Holbrook to a complete polar opposite in yeah. Berger. Yeah. Brilliant. And then just briefly on the team for when he comes for 2024, where where does he start? What are his Absolute, you know, top couple of priorities. Oh, we've got to drop Peter Smith out here. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think he's got to get a team that that have a have a great amount of effort in, um, and a, and a team that people want want to watch. I mean, for the first eight games of the season, we we had a team that seemed to be working really hard for the coach. He's got to get he's got to get them to buy into. You know, whatever whatever it is he he wants them to do, um, you know he's been working at at one of the biggest rugby clubs in the world in in, in South Sydney. So that's certainly positive that um, you know he's, he's bringing some experience yeah. from working at such a huge organisation. Um, what I hope is he, is that he can just get the best out out of players um, and that he can he can produce a team that that is consistent and a team that isn't this patchy team that Powell's produced where, mm. you know, it can go on a run of eight wins in a row and then go on a run of, uh, I don't know how many losses it is at the minute, but how mm. many losses were out on the minute. We don't want to be seeing this kind of patchiness. We want to be seeing a team that can produce a consistent season where it's not just wild peaks and troughs because you're never going to build anything upon that, really, because you can't rely upon it. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're quite right. Well, before we before we let you go... Daniel, I think it's only uh, I think it's only fair that you uh, you give us a an end of season prediction for for Warrington, and obviously I think the best way to ask you that is can you make the playoffs? Um, looking at the six games we've got, we've got four games away from home, which you know isn't isn't really too appetising. I don't think we've won away from home since since April, so. You know, it's hard to see winning many of those. Uh, I think, I think possibly not. I think possibly not. Uh, and if we do, I think what probably saves us is that maybe some of the teams, other teams in the in the mix, will drop points. I think Leeds are struggling at the minute. So, it is, but, it is, truthfully, yeah. if we do make the playoffs, we're, we're not going to go further in the first round the way we're playing. It is actually, so. it is actually a tough running. Uh, Leeds, Leeds away, Hull away, yeah, Castleford at home, Salford away. Saints at home, Huddersfield away. So yeah, I mean, outside. I mean, most most of those sides, apart from Castleford and Salford, 
you know, kind of in and around that that area. Yeah, I mean, even more realistically than that, you're talking teams that are all around your your area of those playoffs as well, really, and all fighting for that sixth place. And brilliant. Yeah, you know, if we were to lose to say Hull and Huddersfield, just just to pick two examples. Well, well yeah. there's two teams yeah. that I think are right down our neck now. That's right. Could be eighth and ninth at this rate, yeah. Mm. But, yeah. Um, oh, well, we'll so, see. Yeah, yeah it, it's, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting, but we'll, we'll, we'll see on that front, I guess. Brilliant. Listen, thank you so much for coming on tonight, Daniel. It's been no uh, problem at all. Anytime. Yeah, and and I think you know we've we've cheered you up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remind me of fifth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Listen, thanks so much for coming on, mate. And we'll uh, and uh, we will we will speak to you really soon. Yeah, no problem. Thanks brilliant. You guys. Thank you, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you. I'm just a fan, Alan. That's all. Your biggest fan. Yes, and. Thank you to Daniel once again. He uh, he speaks with a lot of passion for his for his club, doesn't he? And uh, it, it must be said, we have some fantastic listeners and from some fantastic guests on this pod, and and Daniel's no different. Um, really enjoyed that interview with him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love it. I love the people that come on with their club because the passion just shines through, and he's no exception. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I believe we are jingleless. For this next part, uh, as we're still trying to find one, but I believe we have some more confessions. We do. We are jingle jangleless. <laughs> oh, jingle jangleless. Jingle jangle. Right. So I've got. We've got three this week. Okay. Okay. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Uh, dear LFP, forgive me for I have sinned. Over thirty years ago, while on a Trip to Blackpool. I saw a car. I still have the photo to this day of me crouched down with a set of keys shortly before I scratched the car that was emblazoned with Sean Edwards winging <laughs> RLFC all over it. <laughs> Not finished. Oh, no. What makes it worse is, to this day, I'm still really proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. So that's confession one. Okay. Any any thoughts? I guess it's a Wigan fan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say the complete opposite there, Bri. I think... uh, I think the entire town and the entire team of St. Ellen's has uh, yeah. has just forgiven that anonymous confession. Yeah. So, yeah. There we go. Okay. Okay. Uh, dear, dear LFP, forgive me if I have sinned. Back in my college days, the home team provided the officials. I wasn't selected for the game, so I had to run the line. In a close game, we scored close to the sticks. But our kicker hooked it and clearly missed the conversion by a couple of feet. The opposition were huddled on the other side of the post and didn't question or see it, so I gave the I gave the conversion. <laughs> <laughs> we still lost the game. <laughs> that would have been better if it said, we won by two. Yeah, it? that would have been far better. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, brilliant. I like that one, yeah? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Would, I mean, could anyone say they would have done the same thing? Uh, uh, no, I just think... No, I, I, just, I like that. I like, I like yeah. That. Okay. Um, okay. Dear L- this is the final one for this week. Okay. Dear LFP, forgive me, for I have sinned. That's a question and answer night uh, with... A former England international. I decided to hug and uh, at the. Sorry, I'll start again. At a question and answer for a current Super League in England international, the guest, a former Super League in England great, I hugged him and decided to fondle his behind. To my surprise, he reciprocated, and I loved it. <laughs> That's from a man, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question on this. Go on. If it was someone like Paul Schofield, maybe. But if it was Gary Schofield, no, 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 no. Okay. Um, I think I think we're quite within our rights to to name the player in question. Um, it was James Graham. <laughs> so. Oh. Oh dear! So our anonymous, our anonymous uh, uh, confessionee, if you like, has uh, has been fondled and fondled James Graham's backside. So, what what what's the? Uh, I mean, what's better in that situation? The fact that you've done it, or the fact that you got one back? I think the fact that you got one back. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> and rather rather than get a punch. Yeah, he, he, he got one back. Yeah, yeah I, I, I fair enough. I mean, well done, James Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, first of all, just just to wrap that up, um, as a you know, as a as a panel, uh, are we forgiving? Are we forgiving? First of all, um, our fondler. Hmm. Uh, just. Yeah, just Bobby. Yeah, go on, I'll forgive. Three Hail Marys and he can go. Okay. Uh, what about the uh, the conversion? Um uh, the conversion cheat, shall we say? Uh, are we are we forgiving that? Um if it was against Salford, they'd say no. <laughs> but it wasn't, so yeah, he's forgiven. Well, okay. Bobby, I was going to go the opposite way. I was going to say, wouldn't it be ironic if it was a Salford fan? Brian, is that forgiven? We'd all do it, won't we, in a tight game. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what, about the, uh, what about the car scratcher? The the fact the fact that it ended with even to this day I'm still proud of it <laughs> just for that sentence alone yes you I, are absolutely forgiven I absolutely agree with that as well yeah that's that's made <laughs> and, that, that has made the confession actually yeah I'd say there's, I'd say there's a small part of Nosley that will will that will forgive and forget <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> So they were the confession, and I'm glad. I'm so I'm pleased to see for all uh, for all our sinners this week. Uh, everyone, uh, all three are absolved. So thank you. Oh <laughs> Keep them coming thing. in. Please just uh, DM <laughs> either us or Bry at six again, or us on the lo- at loose forward pod. Um, and if you've got if you want to be featured on there anonymously, uh, just please just uh, drop us uh, drop us a line. Yes, absolutely. Since the word jingle is, oh, 
There you go, lads. There you go. Jingle. <laughs> there you go. It's a heavenly angel. Um, shall we quickly move on and review this weekend's final then? I think yeah, just to, wrap, just to wrap us up quickly tonight. That's probably the easiest way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, it, it, there's, there's two finals live. This week, well, first of all, it's the it's the women's final between uh, Leeds and St Helens. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a corker, Bry, won't it? Yeah, the, uh, that's going to be an undinger, isn't it? It's 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 got everything built for it, hasn't it? And also the fact that it's the first woman's one at Wembley, it's going to mm. be very, very special. I, I, very I feel, special. I feel sorry for those two teams in the fact that their male count, neither of their male counterparts are there. Mm. Because they would have got so much more support if either of their teams would have been there. Yeah, I agree. Um, which isn't taking anything away from Hull Carroll League. I just it just in terms of the way that because the ladies' final is at that when yeah. would have been so much better for them. And nor is it taking atmosphere. anything away from from Saints and Leeds women for getting there because it's absolutely. a fantastic achievement. But yeah, I think we've seen it in the past, haven't we? You know, when um, when it's on Sky Sports and stuff, you, you see. A few people head to the ground a bit mm. earlier and, and get in for the women's game. So I think, yeah, I think, I think that would have been great. I think, yeah. like you said, I think it would have been would would have been good to see. Yeah, where uh, I think it I think it probably helped St Helens women get over the line as well in the semi final. Yeah, because the the the, the, uh, the the men's game was on straight after, that's and right. most of the fans started coming in. That's right, and giving them that extra bit of push. So that, they could have got them over the line, and they got the drop goal uh, towards the end, didn't they, against York? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, where's your money going for this one, Bry? Oh, tough call. I'd say St. Helens just. Okay. In a tight one. Very tight, like two points. Okay, excellent. Bobby? Um, Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Bride. Just getting over the line. Um, I can see Saints uh, retaining the Challenge Cup, I believe. Yes. Yeah, perfect. I can see Lee. Uh, I can see. Sorry, Saints retaining the Challenge Cup. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Let's go from there. So, um, Hulkar and Lee. Um, you know, you give us a stat last week. The first, uh, the, the first non, if you like, Big Four team, if you like, let's say mm. since nineteen eighty six, uh, when Hulkar were on the wrong side of a defeat from Castleford, and also. Few years ago, on the wrong side of a of a walloping, wasn't it from Leeds? Uh, a few years ago, can <clears throat> can they make amends, Bobby, this week against Lee? Um, I, I, it must be said, I do not think that this will be fifty nil. I do not think that in the slightest. I actually think, as probably I believe, what most neutrals will be thinking, this could be. A final to remember. Mm. I, I, I hope so, and I really, you know, I I really hope so too. I think the semis were fantastic for the cup. Yeah, we've talked all the time about the cup needing a revamp. We, we've we've we pitched the idea of a magic quarter final, so to speak. We've pitched that idea before, um, and again, this could be another another uh, a Philip for the uh, uh, for the Challenge Cup final, Bry, couldn't it? Yeah, this, this has got a classic written all over it. You, the, both teams are just going to give absolutely everything, aren't they? I'm not saying no other team have, but this has just got one to talk about for the rest of the season, written all over it. I think, I think 
the starvation of both teams from a trophy and the fan bases, um, well, for the major trophy is is there, and now that's going to be that's going to make it. I think the atmosphere is going to be one of the best that we've seen at Wembley yeah. for quite some time. And over sixty thousand expected. I read today. Brilliant. Fantastic! Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Great. Um, so, so Bobby, where's where's your money on this? Where's it won and lost on this? Uh, I think with the, I think it has to be said with the pitch being slightly bigger, it probably falls into the favour of of Lee, who like to throw the ball around and play a bit more expansive. I think than Hulk I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I mean. I, was like, mm, I suppose not. I was going to say, I suppose uh, Hulk IR have a few more experience and probably calmer heads, but I suppose they don't. I mean, Lee have got Hardacre, who's been there and done it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got um, Lutelli, Briscoe, Charnley. You've got experienced players. So, uh, you know, I think your head probably says Lee, but I don't know. There's just, they've, they, they've, they've been here. You know what was it? Uh, 1984? Did you say then for all KR? And they were on yeah. 1986. Sorry, they were on the wrong end then. Even sooner than that, 2015, they were on the wrong end then. I I want to. I, I, this is no disrespect to Lee, but I want to see Hulk KR stop with the heartbreak. I want to see Hulk KR win it. And uh, do you know what? I'm going to take a gut gut feeling on it. I'm going to go Hulk KR. And they're going to win by six. Okay, right. Yeah, I I I agree with Bobby. I, I'm I'm gonna go with Old Okay. But I think it's gonna come down to the kicking game. Yeah. I, I really do. I think I think both teams can play expansive rugby and and they like having a bigger pitch. Um quality wingers and centres in both teams. I think it's all gonna come down to who has the best kicking game. Okay, but I, yeah, I agree with Bobby. I think I'm going to say all okay, by about eight. Okay. Now, you know my, how I've done in the Prediction League this year, so this is going to be absolutely <laughs> redundant. Mark my words, and you heard it here first. And if I get this right, it doesn't matter what you're in the Prediction League the rest of the season. Hull KR are going to win with a Brad Schneider drop goal. Normal time? Okay. Oh, I don't know that. I, you know, I'm not going to crystal ball. I'm just, you know, I'm just there for the, I'm just for the facts, that's all. So, yeah. Right. So, hang on, just, right. just, to, just, to, just to clarify here, if by, I don't know, let, yeah. let's say Hull Kayama winning yeah. 34-8. Yeah. And Brad Schneider of a phone drops a goal to make it 35-8. Does that count? Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So, you're basically saying Brad Schneider's going to drop a goal in the game. Yeah, no, I'm saying he's yeah. going to get the winning drop goal. You're getting winning drop goal. <laughs> All right, okay. So, All right. Well, on my, on my point on that is, is, is it going to be a scruffy drop goal that you won't want your team to win by? Yeah. Or is it going to be a good drop goal the week after where you will want to win ah, by? Ah, right. Um... Somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just to clarify, there is actually a third game and it's Batley for Halifax in the 1895 Cup final. Yes, of course there is. Yeah, yeah. And good luck to both teams that, on there. Um, the women's game is going to be on BBC Two. The men's game is on BBC One. And you can catch the 1895 final on the iPlayer. Okay, smash him. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, if you have 
stayed with us this long. Thank you very much. It's been a uh, a very full episode this week, mm. it must be said. And if you are travelling to Wembley this week to watch Lee, Hulk IR, Saints, Leeds, Halifax, Batley, have a fantastic time. Wave the banner of Rugby League. Let's fill Wembley out and have a fantastic time. And from all of us... And oh, if, you say, if you see Bri, say hello. <laughs> yes, and if you see Bri, say hello. From all you of us... You won't see me because I'll blend in. <laughs> from all of us at the Loose Forward podcast, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.